hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. You're joining us for another episode of Chili Grits Podcast. And of course, we're elated to be here once again. We are on episode number four. Yes. And I think things are going pretty good. We're settling into this. We are. We got a rhythm. We do. And we're getting so much great feedback from individuals that have tested it out and said that they like chili grits. Yes, yes. So I am Dr. Aisha Francis. And I am Reverend Monika Bowman. And we created Chili Grits Podcast to really talk about all of those Southern sayings that has shaped our lives and influenced our ability to grow into the leaders that we are. And so we take those sayings and we have conversations and we share them with you. Yes, we do. And one of the things that we asked for our audience to provide our ideas about sayings that we should consider interrogating. Yes. And so there was one in particular that was already on our short list. Yes. That also uh, was suggested by a dear friend and mentor of mine, Dennis, shout out to you. And that is God willing and the creek don't rise. God willing and the creek doesn't rise. God yes. Willing, don't rise. Oh, don't rise. Okay. No, it doesn't. Okay. I- <laughs> You gotta say say it right now. Gotta say it right. Me and my Northeast Cambridge (laughs) stuff going on over here. Okay. God willing, and the creek don't rise. Don't rise. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that we've really enjoyed a lot is uh, sort of surprising each other, both uh, folks raised in the South, with how many of each other's phrases, turns of phrase, we actually don't really know very well. Or we know, but they're slightly different and and said slightly differently. So this is an example of one because Monika, in your experience, you had heard a a truncated version of this, right? Yes, yes, yes. So the version I heard or experienced growing up is the God willing. Just God God willing. willing. God Mm -hmm. willing, it'll happen. God willing. But this other part, like the creek don't, right? And the creek don't rise. Don't rise. Like, <laughs> I am not familiar with that part. That's brand new. <laughs> so I need a sense of, like, background, a little history, yes. or, like, just some context around that part. Okay. So, listen, I looked this up. I can't find a whole lot of stuff on this. But I can just tell you from lived experience why this comes about. So the phrase means... For people who um, don't know, essentially, you can set a plan in motion. You can have a plan in your head. And ultimately, you are not in control Mm. of whether or not those plans take place. So that is how you use God willing in the creek don't rise. So my intention is to see you at church Sunday morning. Mm. God willing in the creek don't rise. Yes. Because there are things that might happen, natural disasters or the divine. And I am always going to be beholden to those things that might change the outcome for me or change my plans. So that's what it means. It is, it's more of a throwaway phrase, you know, I mean, God willing. Um, I am very familiar with people just using the cutoff. The God willing. Yes, but uh, it was also very frequently um, used, at least in my background, the entire phrase. And the way that I think it resonates in particular in the natural world is because, you know, there are a lot of tributaries in in the Mid-South. It's a river, Nashville, where I grew up, is a river city. Mm -hmm. And 
um, lots of creeks and all of these kinds of things. And that whole Mid-South area was extremely prone to flooding, Yeah, uh, which yeah. is why uh, even being inland, it's a low-lying, it's a basin. And, um, you know, a lot of places that are either coastal or basin cities will understand this, that uh, there's a ton of infrastructure needs that were slow to come to certain areas of the South. And there were just certain streets that my, I remember my mother saying or my, my grandparents saying, listen, when it rains, don't go such and such way. Yeah. Because the streets flood if, they're, if they were low lying. And this is even after the 1930s humongous infrastructure project, you know, under Roosevelt the investment in the Tennessee Valley Authority that was meant to bring electricity, plumbing uh, to a lot of areas in the the southern region, frankly, that did not have that. And also to alleviate some of the more, I guess you could say, random flooding with purposeful flooding. So they purposely flooded areas, created dams to control the power uh, to have more the power of the waterways, to have um, more, uh, you know, control over where the water went. And there's a whole, if you've seen, oh, brother, where art thou? Art thou? That's the name of the film? Art thou? The Coen yeah. Brothers film? Yep. It's about the process of establishing the Tennessee Valley Authority and, you know, taking land by eminent domain and literally flooding people out of their mm. property. So they were... You know, there was a process of deciding what areas would be sacrificed so that more areas could, uh, you know, live without flooding. Right. So anyway, even in today's experience with climate change, I think a lot of us are living through moments, you know, hurricanes and these humongous natural disasters where we don't really know if you might be able to, you know, travel down the byways and the highways um, if they literally won't be there. So I think it's it's an interesting full circle moment where we think, oh, you know, we're sophisticated. We have all of the, you know, the modern comforts. But um, it's not a given that you'll be able to get where you need to go necessarily. Even here, you know, uh, for those who live uh, along the the Dorchester Bay. There's a lot of areas a lot that of flood. flood. Yeah, a it is. A lot of flooding here. So Yeah, and these, yeah, it's interesting. There's so much there to unpack. Um, but first, you know, I have to say, Louisiana, Bayou, Coast, that's that's straight up hurricane mm-hmm. alley, um, tornado too. Um, and so really, you know, being mindful of what you do and don't have control over is a part of just the live experience yeah, in certain right. parts of the world and particularly um, in Southern culture. But, you know, what I appreciate about um some of the things that you were saying as it relates to this saying, that's interesting. It's like, okay, the God willing peace. Like, of course we have no clue mm-hmm. what's going to happen, but um, the Creek don't rise peace. What, what I find fascinating there is a just position to the first part of the phrase, mm-hmm. right? Because based on the oral history or the history that you gave, that there was control there, right? Someone made conscious decisions around what, part of the the landmass right to flood that's true and others that they didn't touch mm-hmm. right and so what i think about when i when i hear how people 
embody the phrase, um, it's really this give and take around how do you um, acknowledge that there are certain aspects of life that is beyond anyone's control. It's the faith piece of it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not a religious person, everyone has to reconcile that we we don't have too much control over much. Like it's, right. it's just a fact of life. That's true. <laughs> and then this other piece that as much as that's the case, there are still aspects of life that is very much so control and that impacts certain people from a geographic perspective or a demographic perspective mm -hmm. in a very different way because it is controlled. Yes. And it is a choice. Right, right. right. And so it's just interesting having to live with that both and piece. Mm -hmm. And that's what that phrase kind of... Um, it, so it brings it, it up brings for you. It brings up for me. Yeah, you know, I think I think of around this moment of this the the use of the phrase control. It is an interesting juxtaposition between the emphasis that was placed on plans and being careful about uh, thinking of your future, mm. and um, you know, getting your ducks in a row, yeah. if you will. Uh, and making sure, you know, that your your I's were dotted, your T's were crossed, all of those things. And the ultimate fact that really, even if you do all of those things, something that you want still might not come to pass. And if it doesn't, that's God's will. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of conditions in, yeah. in what I just shared, but there's a lot of conditions in terms of at least the way that I was brought up to think about how you prepare, how you come correct, you know, as a, and, and I wasn't thinking of that necessarily as leadership lessons, you know, from the cradle per se, Yeah. but you, you plan, you do your part and then God willing and the creek don't rise. Yeah. It all comes to pass. Yeah. And so it's this, this, I think out in some ways. Yeah. And it's almost like this way of saying, Yes, I've done my part. Yes. I've done all of the things. Yeah. I've put the ducks in a row. I've set out my dress for, for the event or, yeah. you know, what have you. I have my homework done and I've packed my bags. But who knows if, if tomorrow's plans yeah. will actually unfold in the way that yeah. I intend for them to, 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 to go. And I do think as a leader, the unknown, you know, in terms of, you know, especially as you come into management roles yeah how you become comfortable with letting go of the fact that some other people will need to execute on things that have your name ultimately yeah you know on yeah, yeah. it it's, yeah. it's a little similar you know it's not exactly but it's this sense of yes you will need to delegate and other people do things under your watch but it's not necessary for you to you know micromanage the process and ultimately, is their product anyway? Yeah. Is their product anyway? So I think, you know, there's something about this give and take between being prepared for all of the things that are within your control and then knowing ultimately is not, not all in, in your in control. control. Yeah. And leadership is like that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you're making me go back to my, my, my seminary days and like how, you know, a huge part of me. <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. it's reconciling like these theological concepts um, and, you know, 
we're friends, so you Mm -hmm. know how much I wrestle with words and phrases and things um, and and trying to make them make sense, like make it make sense, right? Right, right. (laughs) And so when I think about this phrase, like I, I think about it from this cultural perspective more than I do from a theological lens, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it goes back to something that you said in our first episode when we recorded with each other around sometimes you have situations and they're just bad situations and you don't want to like relive them. And for me, I struggle with this sense that every single thing that happens is God's quote unquote will, Will? you know, like I just, I haven't, I haven't rest on that. Although I value and appreciate the phrase, Mm -hmm. I value and appreciate what it means. I just struggle with whether or not how that gets actualized when really not so great things happen, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think that sometimes bad things happen. It kind of is what it is. And that is life. You know, it's like, you know, we have day, we have night, you know, we have up, we have down. Like it's, and and having to justify it, um, I don't think you necessarily does because that's the way in which... God created life and humanity and the earth and the universe. Like, you know, there's there's always these things interacting against each other. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just um, sometimes it's just a it's a very it's a violent place. <laughs> like, yes. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I think one of the things, you know, from a historical context that I could think about and, you know, that really we should probably talk about or could talk about is, you know, imagine you do have a set of plans in place and then you, you know, a rainstorm comes. Yeah. I mean, just the literalness of this thing is just, okay, I planned to go visit so-and-so. I I can't because I cannot get there. I can't cross that. The bridge is flooded. The road washed out. A pandemic came. A pandemic (laughs) came. And so you hear where I'm headed. Yeah. There is something I cannot do. You can't control. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, this whole, piece of it it's like a more of a nod to the fact that disasters natural disasters happen, happen. It happens. The, the unexpected the out of our control happens and yeah. so maybe that is you know to your point it's not necessarily even though god is in the phrase not necessarily like oh that there is a that god wanted this to happen verse, to you right, right that there's a yeah, chapter yeah. in verse related yeah, to this yeah. thing it's more of an acknowledgement of the fact that uh things happen things happen yeah and i think what happens sometimes is that when when bad things happen sometimes it may be viewed as a punishment right yeah that or fire like, and brim, yeah the brimstone yeah, yes, kind of that's underneath it yeah. instead of looking at it from the perspective of you know, life is complex, things happen, and learning how to adjust and adapt to mm-hmm. it. And I think for me, um, for the same in my life, from a theological perspective, um, really being able to lean into that a little bit more. Right. Instead of feeling like punishment, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a leadership capacity, in a leadership role, you know, this whole piece of God willing and the creek don't don't rise. <laughs> don't rise. You know, I I I think that as a leader, if you're not nimble and you don't have the ability to be flexible, I mean, can you even call yourself a leader? That part. Like, I mean, you can't, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because 
things are going to happen. Yes. And you have to have the mental ability to be able to be flexible, to be able to think critically and the ability to make decisions based on the environment that you just can't control. Exactly. Right. Do you know, did you have a weeble wobble growing up? You know what a weeble wobble is? Are those like the little like devices that you put your two feet on and you kind of like move back and forth? No, no it was like a, a big plastic dummy that had a weight in it and you could punch it. We could weevil, we could wobble, but we won't fall down. <laughs> Basically, you it was like a punching. So this is one of those southern person. different experiences, y'all. I <laughs> didn't have it. <laughs> For all of y'all who know what a weeble wobble is, I often think of that sometimes like, okay, you know, what what's going to come next mm. and how do I, you know, not brace myself, literally, how do we evade? Yeah. And then even if something does temporarily knock things off course, how do we just come back? You know, it's yeah. not even about a plan A and B. It's like plans A through E. Yeah. You know what? I like I like the imagery of that better. Because in my head, I think about, um, you know, the wacamo. No. Well, you know, you're like always your. Um, oh, wacamo. Wacamo. I said wacamo. <laughs> wacamo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you're always just trying to hit the thing back down, and it's just yes. exhausting, and that feels way more reactionary. Right. To me, and what you're describing is more. Um, the ability to a be in shape because your core got to be right to be able to move <laughs> to move back and forth, yeah. but it just it gives you um, you're centered in a different way than having to chase something down, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know when I think about leadership and the the ability to tackle very difficult situations, the way in which you approach it matters and that imagery really brought that up for me it's um one is empowering and the other one is this breathless chase yeah ultimately you know you're never gonna win yeah and I think it's interesting because depending on the circumstance and the situation does one have the ability to choose you know because like certain environments just lend to just like you're constantly just trying to put a fire out right um and there's other situations where you have the ability to be a little more nuanced. And I'm wondering, is that more environmentally um, shaped or is that more individual as it relates to the ability to be able to navigate any situation? I don't know. I don't think it's possible to prepare yourself. I mean, I'm not a logistics specialist, so y'all you know, out there listening, correct me. I'm not sure. I feel personally overwhelmed by the expectation to be able to appropriately navigate any situation I think mm. that's like <clears throat> too tall of an order it's it's not a realistic expectation yeah. but to be able to say listen there are some things in the realm of possibility here you know this is my range yeah <clears throat> and anything in this particular range I think I can handle yeah and maybe there's some things on the growing edge that I can also do but I'm not going to be able to handle everything. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And I think about, you know, I think about when I um, became the vice chair of the Cambridge School Committee Mm -hmm. um, here. And I was so happy. You know, I was pregnant. I was like, you know, I can do this. I can can pop this baby out. I can, I can, you know, lead here and do all these things. And then COVID hit. 
And I had no clue. I had no clue mm-hmm. what I was getting myself into. None of us did. Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, particularly and, in a leadership capacity yeah. like what you had stepped into. Yeah, and I like I I think that for the first time it, it was kind of like people saw behind um the curtain mm-hmm. as it relates to what it takes to move things forward in an educational context in a way that like probably people weren't paying attention to before because this decision around whether or not you send your kids to school or the ability to do it, people were so invested in it in a different way that they were like, oh, well, okay, how does that decision get made? Oh, so this has to be a a contract negotiation and this has to be between like the school committee Mm -hmm. and um, a union. And it wasn't just this like, yes, you make the decision type of situation. Um, And it was a God willing <laughs> moment because right. like I made it through. I negotiated like four contracts in a year time, you know, wow. with a newborn, you know, um, was I prepared for that? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I have this saying, um, that when you're in leadership, you don't get to choose the moment. The moment chooses you. Mm. And I think that that connects back to this phrase, this God willing, you know, it's, it's, we have no clue what's going to happen on our life's journey. Um, But do we have the ability to be able to be nimble? Do we have the ability to be flexible? And do we have the internal skill set to either rise to the moment Mm -hmm. or crumble and fall to it? Yeah. And I think the choices that we're empowered with now, um, I recognize that we do live in an age of more agency than 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 our foremothers had. Yes. There's still a long way to go, but you know, I I do relish the how far we've come and I appreciate how far we've come even though you know, we're not um resting on our laurels and yeah. and aren't satisfied, you know, with with um some of the disparities that exist. And and I do think about the the infrastructure disparities that a phrase like that acknowledges yeah saying well you know um it 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 might not be possible for me to follow through with my intentions for my life or my plans for the day Mm -hmm. based on disparities in environmental justice yeah and that's really what that's about those circumstances i i think that's what they're about i mean yes they could just generally be about a hurricane and that's random but the the kind of making it super local you know where what parts of the south we lived in how well resourced those parts were or are how close they are to low-lying flood-prone areas how um how how quickly our the roads in our neighborhoods got paved. Yeah, I mean, just all yeah, of those yeah. things. We do live with these legacies of lack. Yes. Um. Even though you know, I I operate from an abundance mindset, but it's still true that we live with the remnants of, you know, delays in justice and equitable delivery of. Um, you know, public resources that would make a phrase like that seem less um, tangible to to folks outside of something like a natural disaster. But, you know, I really do think that most of those kinds of um, 
experiences in many cases uh, for folks living in the South it's not exactly about natural disasters. It's it's like purposeful disasters. Yeah, that's planned. It's yeah. not like happenstance so much. Yeah. So, you know, we've come we've come a long way, I think, and yet, um, we're living with the legacy of of you know generations of um, disparity. So. You know, God will it in the creek don't rise. Yeah, we yeah. are going to kind of push even more um, towards equality in lots of different ways. Yeah, and I, what I want to hold um, with this phrase, you know, I, you're right, we've come such a long way. And I think that regardless if you come from a, a class or group of people that are traditionally disenfranchised, I, I think that, I think that people, can resonate with not being able to bring something to fruition that is mm-hmm. a deep passion or desire. Yeah. Right. And so, so, you know, even if you take that piece away, mm-hmm. like the disenfranchisement, the environmental piece, I think that's a, a human thing that if you're trying to achieve something and you, you're just struggling and you can't do it, um, I think people can relate to that uh, across multiple different demographics and things of that nature. However, when you add back in that element, right, of the environmental factors and that and and it gives more context to the phrase, God willing. And I just want to hold up just all the people that are a part of my you know, community that I grew up in and multiple generations that laid the groundwork for us to be here, they were smart, they were dynamic, they were gifted, they were resilient, but the environment did not lead to them being able to manifest their full purpose, even if they tried, right? Right. Even if they kept using the phrase, God willing, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to keep at it, God willing, and the creek don't rise. And they just showed up, they did the work, they were present, they added their, their contribution to society, their family, but it still didn't manifest, right? That's that environmental piece. And I just want to hold those people up. And even individuals that's listening today, right? If there's something that's a deep passion um, or something that you've hold dear to you that hasn't been able to manifest itself for whatever reason, um, God willing, it'll come together for you one keep day. Keep trying. Just keep at it. Keep trying. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I think that's a good place for us to land today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And of course, continue to get this chili grits in your life. And keep sending <laughs> yes. us your ideas of other yes. phrases that we should cover. Uh, keep sending your feedback. We thank you so much for listening. Yes. And till next time, um, we'll see you um, on our next recording of Chili Grits Podcast. Yep. Thank you.